Live from New York, it's Ask an Engineer. I'm looking into my magical crystal ball, and I see that we have an hour of fun electronics news, tips, product releases, and more, yeah. uh, including some It's Not Out Yet, Don't Ask, everybody's favorite mystical future-seeing product yeah. video segments. It's time for Ask an Engineer. It's me, Lady Ada the Engineer. With me is Mr. Lady Ada, uh, my humble assistant. Uh, we're going to have a good time here for the next hour. Why don't we tell them what's on tonight's show? On tonight's show, Adafruit is open, smart, and safe. We are shipping all orders nearly instantly. Thank you so much for supporting us, an open source hardware company here in New York City. Our entire company has awesome protocols to keep us safe, which keeps all of your packages nice and safe. Uh, check them out at adafruit.com slash open safely. All of us at Adafruit, these are pre-COVID photos. Thank you for your support during all of this time. We've managed to stay in business and more. Um, thank you so much. We're looking forward to thriving together in 2021. Uh, we can only do that when people place orders. So thanks for placing orders. Please keep placing orders. Yay. Show and tell people around the world show and share their projects every single week. Later, I'll talk about that and more. A little bit of JP's workshop this week and some JP product pick. We have some time travel, look around the world, makers, hackers, artists, engineers. Help wanted, jobs.adafruit.com is our jobs board where you as a company can post up your job, find the best makers out there, or you can post up your skills and get a cool gig. Got some Python on hardware news. Got some Made in New York City factory footage. We got some 3D printing videos. We have everyone's favorite segment, DigiKey and Adafruit present. INMPI this week, we got a cool new product from Nordic. We got some new products. We got some top secret. We'll answer your questions. We do that over on Discord, and I think we're up to about 26,000 uh, 26, people because I got a new graphic, or we're like super close. We're like five away. Is, either way, um, join us over there, adafruit.it slash Discord or discord.gg slash adafruit, and we'll answer all your questions. All that and more tonight on, you guessed it, Ask an engineer. Mm -hmm. Okay, so first up, Lady Ada, when people place their order on the site, they might get free stuff. They might. They probably will. I mean, yeah. as long as you're ordering stuff over a certain amount, $99 or more, you'll get a free Pro Proto half-size breadboard. $149 or more, you'll get a free Stemma QT board. It could be a QT Pie. It could be a temperature sensor, a humidity sensor, uh, even like a, uh, a MCP uh, 2101, I think it's the USB to QT converter. Um, all sorts of cool different sensors and devices from accelerometers and on. Um, you'll get a different one each time if you make an account because we can keep track of which ones you sent you so far. If not, you'll get a truly random one, so we can't control if you get two of the same one. Um, $199 or more, you get free UPS ground shipping, and $299 or more, you get a free Circuit Playground Express, our all-in-one development board that you can use with CircuitPython, Arduino, TeenyGo, Code.org, CS Discovery, and more. All right. Next up. People around the world, show and show their projects. We do the show and tell every single week. It's our favorite half an hour. Lady Ada, who's on the show and tell this wow, week? Wow, I totally like, forgot to write them down. Um, I'm like out of it today. That's okay. That's okay. We, so just to give everyone an idea, so starting Wednesday of last week, we had our normal show just like we do. And, uh, and then we go into full, like, that's our busiest time of the year. So uh, Thursday, we were at the factory. We posted up photos. Friday, sales days, and our um, some of our social things, causes that we like to help participate in. And then the weekend, we're trying to keep everything going. I, and then yeah. Monday, Cyber Monday. And then Tuesday was catch-up, and today we're back to shows. So um, our... Uh, I'm at, like... 90%. But and, I, wrote, I wrote down the people that came in. And the other thing is, if you looked at 
our YouTube channel and all of our social media stuff over the weekend. We were posting real time all the projects and stuff we were doing. So we okay. were really busy this week. All right. So Jeff so, came by anyways. and talked about his new guide. Um, it's actually a really, it's actually my favorite guide. It's um, he uses uh, Blinka and um, on the Raspberry Pi four with that, which has built in Bluetooth. Like all many Raspberry Pis have Bluetooth. But he plays a YouTube video as long as he keeps bicycling on his um, like stationary bike, and uses an off-the-shelf um, cadence meter you can just get for like you know twenty or thirty bucks, and you tape it onto the bottom of the pedal, and that's how it detects the cadence. Um, so it's like an all off-the-shelf, no soldering, no wiring uh, project. And a lot of people want that. They're like, I want to have it. Like I'll watch a movie as long as I'm pedaling, and if I stop pedaling, it pauses the movie, so like it keeps me pedaling for like a full hour or something. Um, so he did that project. So check it out. It's uh, Raspberry Pi. Uh, so you just play any YouTube video or whatever, any website that that can play videos, it'll work. Erin um, showed off her um, NeoPixel aquarium with submersible lights. Submersible lights. She's an expert at what LEDs you can put underwater because she's a mermaid. Um, she now has some fishy friends, and uh, these fishy friends are lit up now, uh, thanks to some NeoPixel dots. Uh, JP showed off um, Ethernet using the Ethernet cable with the LTC4311 um, I2C transceiver, which lets sorry active terminator, which lets you do like 50 or 100 feet long I2C cables. So if you want a sensor very far away from your microcontroller over I2C, you can do it. And he um, even did a little write up about how to connected to an ethernet cable and then use the ethernet cable for that long stretch of wire. Um, Melissa showed off her web-based ESP tool. Um, this is a, a tool that's used to program um, ESP32 and friend devices and um, usually use a Python um, command line tool, but on some Macs it can be challenging to install it. So we decided let's port the code to JavaScript and have it run in a Chrome browser, uh, which is pretty neat. So we're gonna be testing that out and then we'll release a little guide on it. Um, Noah and Pedro uh, showed off next week's project, which is some cool stands. Uh, they're doing a project with Liz, uh, who also came by. It's an advent calendar for uh, the MagTag and they made some very adorable stands for it. And they're also talking about their wooden scrolling LED sign. Uh, Dan uh, has been in a, a deep focus mode for the last three weeks and then he woke up to announce deep sleep and then he went back to sleep. Uh, so you can now use a deep sleep mode to save a lot of power on ESP32 S2, uh, which is a very popular chip series uh, for doing Wi-Fi. We have CircuitPython on it, but people wanted to be able to like do some Wi-Fi and go to sleep and run off battery. Um, that would be very handy, especially since I have an ESP32 S2 Feather I have to design. So um, that will be also battery powered. So check that out. If you're in the CircuitPython Discord right now, uh, Dan posted up links so you can try out the deep sleep code and some example code as well. Uh, Scott um, put, made a Raspberry Pi into a COVID exposure like transmission sniffer so he can detect how many people, not which people, but like approximately how many people in his area are running um, the COVID exposure app that keeps, um, that like Google and Apple work together that is like a secure anonymous way to um, determine whether you've been near someone who has had a COVID positive diagnosis. Uh, she talks about that, and also um, there have been some white papers about the protocol, uh, so check that out. Tim C. Uh, wrote a guide. It's uh, the MagTag progress display. He did a really great job porting the progress display library over to eInk, uh, making sure it worked on the MagTag. I mean, it worked, but like he made it look really good uh, with the grayscale, and um, he made a little thing that uh, shows you the progress of the year, and we're about 92% through the year. 
and everybody really wants it to be getting close. Get to a hundred so we can start over. And then um, Joey's been uh, hacking on e-ink as well. Uh, he's got uh, e-ink skills, so he like updated the lookup table to make it faster. Um, upgrade, update the, the display faster, and he's making a little user interface for the MagTag. He's he's definitely like the sensei of e-ink, so yep. I'm glad to see him working on stuff. All right. It's part of our Invert Live series of shows. If you're watching this right now, it's Wednesday at 8 o'clock. It's Ask an Engineer. Yeah. Show and Tell is Wednesday at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Those are our Wednesday shows. Yay. We also have a show on Sunday called Desk of Lady Ada, and on Desk of Lady Ada, we do a few things. This week, we had... Um, the, oh boy. We had the uh, unboxing of the city circuits yes. that we showed. And then we talked yeah, about the cool the, earrings. Yeah, then we talked about the DB9 cable thing for the canvas. car stuff, which yeah. then led us to the. Great search on DigiKey where Lady Ada uses her computer to go to digikey.com and find all the stuff that engineers are looking for. So that was our Sunday show. You yes. can check that out. Then um, Tuesday, which uh, I feel like this was today, but it was actually yesterday. This has been one big long day. And um, we had JP's product pick of the week. And this is where we broadcast live from inside the product page, and we do a discount only during that time. Also, like weird graphic design. I love it. Yeah, we're, look, you know, we kept getting told by YouTube, oh, you know, algorithm this, algorithm that. Um, and so, fine. <laughs> fine, we'll do it. We should actually do, like, JP React videos where I, like, just, I, I show him, like, a new breakup board, and I just film his reaction to it. Probably we will do that <laughs> yeah, soon. Sorry, JP. <laughs> it's YouTube world. We just uh, live here. Yeah. Um, so here's a one-minute highlight from the latest JP's product pick of the week. It's the LTC 4311 Active I2C Extender and Terminator. It is really useful when you want to run any of our STEMA QT peripherals a long distance from your microcontroller. Behind me there on the wall is one of our little STEMA QT light sensors. That is running over a 50 foot length of ethernet cable running to our little uh, Terminator here, the LTC 4311. And then that's running into a little cutie pie. And I'm gonna turn off the lights here. So uh, now you'll see we're down to 6.25 lux. It's the LTC 4311. That is my product pick of the week. JP's workshop tomorrow, Thursday. See you at 4 p.m. And last week it was holiday time. So then, you know, we didn't have a make code minute, but we'll have a make code minute. Just go try out Make code. Go to makecode.adafruit.com <laughs> yeah, and, and just try it out with your Circuit Playground Express. Easiest yeah. way to program. Yeah, you probably got a CPX at some point from purchasing something on our site and you got one for free or you bought one or Maybe you're homeschooling at, kids now. Yeah, like, and so just go to makecode.adafruit.com and try it out. It's okay. a great way to trick kids into learning how to code. Time travel. Let's look around in the world of makers, hackers, artists, engineers. Um, first up, I wanted yeah. to go over some stuff we did. Okay. So we did a lot of stuff. This week was just yeah. Like, I like oh, talk. Goodness. I like talking about how we do stuff a little bit different in Adafruit. Okay. It's super counterintuitive, and uh, we've always done things a little different because we like being a good cause and a good business. You can be both. So uh, on Friday, 
it's normally just like everyone just posts sales and sales and sales. Sales, 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 sales. So what we did on Friday is we worked with other companies, other organizations, and we did uh, buy Black Friday. So these are businesses and organizations that are owned or supported by the African-American business community. So if you want to support Black-owned businesses, go to our site and type in pound buy Black Friday or Black on Friday, and you can see all these cool companies because they don't get the same opportunities to broadcast their sales as all these other companies. So we used our platform. Look, Jeff Bezos is doing great. He doesn't need your money. Or maybe he does. Um, he but it doesn't matter. <laughs> there's, You know what? I think there's opportunities for everybody. So uh, on our platform and our site, that's what we did. So that was on Friday. The other thing we do on Friday, and we've been doing this for years, is we do something called Ada Deals. So these are sales in the maker world, electronics world, engineering world, that aren't from Adafruit. So it's pound Ada Deals, and you can find all of those on our site. So here's a sale from Seed. Here's a sale from Particle. Here's a sale from Pimeroni. Here's a discount uh, from Prusa. Here's ones from Arduino, SparkFun, Teensy. Here's Lulzbot, here's iRobot, here's Turtle. We actually interviewed um, Helen not too long ago. Here's Electronic Cats, uh, Chibitronics, Tindy, uh, Makey Makey, Evil Mad Scientist, Pololu, Inventables, Parallax. And uh, one of the reasons we do this is uh, I send out an email, and I'll just say it straight up. I I get disappointed every year when I do this because I, I, in my mind, all us maker companies are in this together. And, like, we're not, like, knives-out competitors. We're actually, like, trying to build something together. However, that's not true. Uh, some of some of them, they just don't want to talk to us because we also sell electronics. But a bunch of them do. So I have to remember, like, I have to tell myself now, and by me saying this, I'll remember this, is, like, so a lot of these, these are the folks who got back to me, and they're like, oh, yeah, thanks. This is always helpful. We love doing this each year. Adafruit, like, do you want us to retweet a sale or anything? We're like, no, just we're doing this because we want people in our community to know that there's other things out there and there's other sales and these are good companies and you should also support them so we did ada deals again this year and so some good sales some sales are still going on for the rest of the month so check that out then yesterday tuesday was giving tuesday also we used our platform and you'll recognize a lot of these folks at makers is there ash was there um the open source initiatives there python foundation python foundation EFF. eff but i want to draw special attention to the Python Software Foundation. And if you have a few bucks, please consider donating to the PSF. And I'll tell you why. This year, PyCon didn't happen because of COVID. Next year, it's going to be virtual. That was essentially the place and revenue driver for the Python Foundation. All the cool stuff you see in Python, anything, you know, everyone's cute and they have like Py this, Py that, Python this, Python everything. That's Python. And they need your support to run all the workshops, to run the community projects, to run the Python developer guide, to do issue tracking, to do PyPy, the uh, Python package index, all these things. Yeah, they do a lot. They do. They, they keep, they're the glue that keeps Python working great for everybody. And they're getting asked to do a lot more, especially virtually. So um, there is a whole bunch of things going on in the nation. There's people that are hungry. There is every type of social need. We try to say like this is our lane for electronics and for industry and for open source and for nonprofits. Um, so in, in particular this year, if you could give to the Python Foundation, please do. Tell them Adafruit sent you. Um, and then for the ones that we posted up here, we also donated. So we, we don't just like talk the talk, 
um, we did that as well. So uh, we will also help out PyCon coming up next year, and we hope everyone helps out the Python Foundation, not only this year, but next year and going forward, because uh, if you look, uh, GitHub just did a big uh, research report. It was mm -hmm. like the Octo report or something. Yeah. Um, number one language, JavaScript. Number two, uh, Python going up. And if you even look at our show-and-tell projects today, we had, a, Python, Python, Python. we had a JavaScript thing that was programming a Python thing. So, you know, these these open source projects, this is, this is a chance to show your support. If you're working for one of these companies that had like, you know, the, the trillion dollar quarter, um, encourage them to donate to the Python so Software Almost Foundation. Almost every business uses Python internally. Yeah, and like, also if you, have a, if you have a couple bucks too, it's helpful. Yes. So that is my plea for everyone out there to consider we that. We did, we okay. donated. We did. Yes. All right, next up, um, and uh, speaking of cool things and uh, holiday Free spirit. Stuff. Yeah, so DigiKey didn't ask me to um, talk about this at all. This is because I like this. Um, every year they do DigiWish, and all you have to do is say what you want under $100 on DigiKey and then use the hashtag DigiWish. And uh, I grabbed the video from their site, so I thought I would play this. Again, no one asked me to do this. This is cool. Our community is doing this. We uh, partner with DigiKey, so I couldn't enter if I wanted to, so no. <laughs> I would want to. And you can get a bunch of free Adafruit stuff, by the way. So here's a little video. Tell everybody what DigiWish is. What's your wish this year? With DigiKey's DigiWish giveaway, you're just one post away from making your holiday wish come true. Simply log on to digikey.com and choose an in-stock product valued up to $100. Ooh, that'll work. And share your wish with us using the hashtag DigiWish on either Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. And send. It's what I always want. One DigiWish will be chosen every day, December 1st through the 24th. Visit www.digikey.com slash DigiWish to learn more. What's your DigiWish? All right, so... Parmoni stuff, Adafruit stuff, DigiKey yeah. stuff. It's all available. Yeah. Okay, uh, let's get moving along. Jobs.adafruit.com is the place where you can post your job or you can post your skills. This week we have a special one and I said I would promote it. Uh, this is from Hack Club and this is really neat. So if you want to be a community game designer, all you have to do is SSH in the jobs at hackclub.com and you can uh, basically apply Ooh. through the terminal. So that's that kind of cool. Yeah, it's, it's full time, it's for nonprofit and uh, I assume it's remote because um, like everything's remote now. So anyways, Hack Club, we had partnered with them not too long ago and I thought that was uh, a That's neat awesome. job for the jobs board. Okay, next up. Congratulations, Lady Ada. Yay! Um, <laughs> Adafruit is now a National Women's Certified Business Enterprise. Now, you're probably saying, but I thought Adafruit already had some uh, minority woman-owned business certification. We did. That's for New York. That took a long time to get. Then we were told, hey, you also should get this other certification. And that was interesting because they interviewed Lamar for like two hours and she had to show her ID and all this paperwork and everything. Apparently, these are hard certifications to get. Dude, <laughs> it was harder to get this than like any other part of like my business. Yeah, so, <laughs> so what does that mean for us? Probably nothing. Um, we've never had any advantages at all. In fact, I would say it's only been a disadvantage being a woman-owned company, um, just the way this industry works. So um, one of the reasons we did this though is if we don't, show that it's possible to be a woman-owned company that does manufacturing, electronics and engineering, and of course in New York City, then no one's going to think it's possible and no one might do it. So this is what we did. 
Um, we got these certifications. Uh, one of the things that happened at the beginning of COVID, um, we were talking to like billionaire oligarchs. We're like, hey, like we, we want to help out New York City. Um, we're thinking about like either making a mass, getting a mass machine uh, thing going, or getting electronics to to uh, underprivileged kids. And they're like, oh, you're a nonprofit. We're like, no, we're a business. And they're like, oh, you women certified? No. So we have both of those things in place. We have a nonprofit thing that we. Um, and we also have the women's certification thing. So we'll see how we're told no, uh, the goalpost gets moved next time. But I think this is a good signal to send to the world that it is possible. So we got the certification. It was really complicated and hard, but we did it. Yes. Anyway, so that's the news. All right, next up. <laughs> Python on hardware. It's a blanka, blanka time. Yeah. Code plus community. Okay, so um, the latest CircuitPython is out, but um, one thing I wanted to stress is tonight, tomorrow-ish, go find your board, um, go to the absolute newest, latest downloads, especially if you have a mag tag, and you can get deep sleep. Yes, look at this adorable sleeping Python. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I guess this is how Blinka wears like a pajamas or something. So That's right. Uh, she's sleeping because we have uh, deep sleep support in... Um, the latest, latest build of CircuitPython will be in the, in the new beta release coming out in the next day or two. It will let you put the ESP32-S2 Wi-Fi chip into a deep sleep mode and wake up some seconds later. This will let you um, do Wi-Fi projects that you know sleep in between getting data, which is kind of key um, for Wi-Fi. It's a very common thing. And also, we're going to make sure it also um, is backported to the NRF52 because Bluetooth also greatly um, benefits from deep sleep. The architecture just took a really long time because we wanted to get it right. Um, we want to have the experience of deep sleep be a really good one. Um, and we're going to be, we have a couple of MagTech projects we've released because we've been trying to do more e-ink with um, yeah. CircuitPython. So, so yeah. we'll be revising those to add deep sleep to them. Here's my request. So uh, good news, bad news, we got this deep sleep thing. Bad news is the best project that kind of makes a lot of sense for this is the most morbid worst thing right now because we're going through COVID. So every single day, the COVID tracking project releases the updated numbers between seven and eight o'clock ish. Yeah. And so we have a refrigerator magnet that's like, Hey everybody, um, we're not doing great. And so this was from, uh, yeah, 11, this is the, we're not doing great announcement. Yeah. And like every day it's just like, okay, it's worse. It's worse. Worse. So today I think we hit over a hundred thousand in the hospital, 2000 people died. So, um, please maybe, um, look at the sleep code and come up with a better project than that or another project. We're, we're it's important that we have that project, but I'd also, you know. The next SpaceX launch project, that's a very positive one. Yeah, I guess. I, I guess. I, the, the problem is this is like it is useful to have that information, um, and it's a good test for this code. But, man, anyways. So uh, our Python hardware newsletter went out. Okay. Um, so we talked about Deep Sleep. Um, we uh, have some, like, cool interface stuff that you can check out. So um, this is the CircuitPy UI, a little lightweight graphical user interface library for Python and CircuitPython. And then um, there's GUI 0, which is separate. That's sort of like a Raspberry Pi. Like, you know, GPIO 0 was the low-level hardware interface. So yeah. simplified, this is a GUI interface. I think it's based on Tkinter, um, but I'm not 100% sure. But I saw it, and I thought it was kind of interesting because this is, you know, Raspberry Pi. Like, making Python GUIs is not easy, so this is like an attempt to make it easier. Yeah. Um, you can see some projects that have been going around the web. Um, I think this is uh, Cedar Grove's yeah. project. And Look at a beautiful display. Like yeah. Um, stock ticker. We actually had the stock ticker person on the show and tell. Last week, um, we have our Adafruit update. We always put everything in there. We're always shipping. 
haven't stopped shipping. Um, other news from around the web, you can check out all the different things that are going on with our Feather products. Um, you can see our matrix being used. Uh, this was from, um, you know, calendar stuff, so it was turkey look day. The, look at the turkey! Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, if you're into lucid dreaming and you're into, like, you know, when it when your brain is into a certain mode. It like, flashes and lights yeah. and stuff? That's kind of cool. Um, here is... Like a starscape. Yeah, here is a little uh, Crash Space LA DFN happy hour thing that it made stars on a mag tag. Um, we have uh, just... I think we'll see a lot of this because just the way the MagTag is kind of a multi-purpose device and has Stemma and Stemma QT on it, is you can do all sorts of sensor stuff, displays it from the last time, shuts down, and then turns back on when needed. Uh, this is kind of neat. It's a, a very simple video game that you can control with uh, Bluetooth. Yeah, somebody ESP32. like... They updated the um, ESP32 on the airlift to make it do Bluetooth Classic, which it doesn't do, really. We had Bluetooth, Low Energy, and Wi-Fi. The chip, it does Bluetooth Classic, but we never added support for it, but they did. Yeah. So that's kind of cool. And then uh, this is something I think we're going to see a lot of is CircuitPython and IoT trivia. And, and when I say see a lot of I mean internet-connected things that gets data and shows it on screen because it's really easy to do with CircuitPython, really hard to do with other things. So this is neat. It's our ESP32-S2, uses OLED, and it goes out and gets a trivia question and displays it. Um, I, on one hand, I want to do a, um, like, Iron Chef thing where it's like, you with Arduino, you with CircuitPython, you with, you know, JavaScript, you with Assembly, you with, you know, this, and then ask the same, the, do the same project. Yeah. Get get a get a trivia question and then put it on this display, um, because I think the ease of use is so high right now, and this is the feedback we get. It's like, oh, you're making yeah. it too easy. I don't think you can ever make anything too easy. Pretty easy. Um, it's pretty easy. Um, I think that'd be kind of cool. Um, anyways, then we have some other news for some general uh, Python stuff. Circuit Python. This is a micro Python micro bit study buddy, um, and then here's a video about the Pi board. We have our coming soon's. So we'll talk about that later on in the show. We have some new learning guides. We have a bunch of CircuitPython libraries. We are up to 281. And then um, if you look in events, we're starting to put events that are coming up for the rest of the year. And also... Oh, Microbit Live is coming up real soon. That's yeah, okay. and then weekend. also some for next year, including the Open Hardware Summit and more. So that is Python Hardware. Yay. Lots happening. Okay, some open source hardware news. Uh, this was kind of cool. You should head over to Make's website, magazine.com, my old job, and check out the 10 years of open source hardware with Alicia Gibb and Michael Weinberg, hosted by Dale. Yay, Dale. Publisher of Make. And they also talk about Oshawa open source hardware. Turns 10. Good interview from folks we know. So if you want a big overview of what's been going on in the last 10 years of open source hardware, check it out. You know what happened in the last year of open source hardware that was really awesome? What? We went certified, like almost every board that we have. Right before the last open source hardware summit, we certified a bunch of our boards, and I think we're about 40% of all certified open source hardware at the moment. And speaking of... About 400 boards. Speaking of, not only are you woman certified, not only are you open source hardware certified, but... Uh, we have 2,360 bona fide, bona fide learning guides. Bona fide is one of your favorite words. Bona fide is a it. good word, and we should bring it back. I, th I agree. I think more things should be bona fide. Bona fide and also dungarees. Dungarees? 
No. I always had a teacher who said dungarees, and all the kids were like, what are you what talking about? What are those? Yeah. Okay. Um, okay, so starting from the bottom right, we've got Dylan's guide on how to contribute to Adafruit's Arduino libraries with GitHub. A lot of people are submitting um, pull requests, fixes, new examples, and more to GitHub, which is wonderful. Um, our GitHub repos all have continuous integration in them, and so uh, whereas we would used, used to have to hand check that things compiled, we now do it automatically. Uh, but that means you also have to know how to fix the CI complaints when they come up, because it'll tell you, hey, you need to clang format, um, your code so that we have a consistent format for all of our code, um, or you need to add a Doxygen uh, comment to make sure that um, everything is documented for the automatic documentation generation. Uh, so check out that guide. It's also being updated like every week because we're finding more things we can explain. Uh, Phil B did a next bus uh, transit prediction for Adafruit MagTag. This updates very often, so it's not a deep sleep project, but uh, it's very handy to just have on your desk if you want something to uh, tell you when um, the next bus is so you're not waiting on the cold, uh, but you also don't miss your bus. So you have exactly, you know, the right number of minutes to go out and uh, get your bus to the office or back from the office or go get groceries for your weekly grocery run. Erin um, put some NeoPixels into her aquarium. Uh, she got some fish. They're all named Nemo. And uh, now they have, they're like tetra fish that glow under blue light. And so she got like some blue light effects to make them glow, which is nifty. Um, it's a really beautiful project. And she's an expert at um, submersing NeoPixels. So if you want to do a NeoPixel aquarium project, you have to read this guide because she tells you all the tricks to make sure that your uh, lights won't get damaged. Um, next up, Jeff, Jeff Epler did a project uh, that I requested. It was a Raspberry Pi uh, video player that when you pedal, it plays a YouTube video um, as long as you maintain a certain RPM. And then if you slack off and you stop pedaling, um, the RPM dips down and the video will pause until you um, start pedaling again. So this is to maybe inspire you to um, exercise this winter, especially if you have an off-the-shelf um bicycle you know like not a lot of people don't have the fancy multi-thousand dollar ones that have tvs attached you just put a tv in front of it and then you can uh, hook up to your raspberry pi and um, turn it into a, a smart gamified cycling project um, and there, what's neat about this is the cadence meter just tapes onto the bottom of the pedal you don't need to solder anything or wire a sensor uh really cool so uh, play any movie you like as long as it's on youtube which like every movie is to be honest or you can just watch 80s commercials that's another thing that's on youtube and um, another option is you can make it the other way around. So you could play videos that you really hate and you have to pedal to stop the video. That was That's your really idea. Yeah. yeah, because there's a lot of videos on YouTube that you might find really distasteful. Yeah, I think one of the things that um, all the platforms could do is instead of there being a like button, um, a private never show me something like this again button. <laughs> That'd be really useful. Right? Like you see something you're like, you know, I really never want to see anything I was like, this like again. that. But unfortunately, when the, it just makes you... And, the, and, the you, and think about it. Imagine if you had that. Yeah. You would eventually start to have a really good online experience, but you'd get served less ads. Yeah. So that is why they don't do that. Could be. What else was there? Okay, next up, uh, we've got that MagTag progress displays by Tim C. Uh, this is cool because, uh, you know, we I, there's this Twitter account that shows, says the progress of the year. And every January 1st, it, like, resets and it says 0% of the year. Yeah. Um, but what's nice is that we're close to the new year, so you're going to be able to see that flip over. Um, make this uh, beautiful MagTag display. It just does one thing and one thing only. Tells you how long we have till this year is over. I know we can't wait. Yeah. Um, Katni made uh, CircuitPython animated holiday relights. 
Um, we want to make a really easy project with some buttons. You select different animations. And of course, you can customize them. Uh, she has this wreath from last year. Um, it's put together. Uh, last year, we did one with Bluetooth. This time, um, you know, of course, you're going to have a Wi-Fi connected uh, mag tag that can do it. And also has some LEDs on it that you can also animate for sub animations. Um, Anne moved to Florida. And so um, uh, there's can go outside and see launches from like the local launch pad, I guess. Like that's a thing you can do in Florida. Um, it's kind of cool to be near the equator, I guess. And uh, so she wanted to be notified when there's the, the next launch so she can go outside and, and see it because it's pretty cool. Um, and so this uh, uses the, um, the, there's a space API that tells you when the next launch is going to be and displays it on the mag tag um, with the date. So uh, she knows when to go outside, check it out. And in specific, the SpaceX launches, those are the, apparently going out often from her uh, area. And then finally, we have a new TMP117 sensor, and then we have a guide that goes with it. This is a very high accuracy I2C temperature sensor with a lot of like cool things like interrupts and like in built-in EEPROM. And uh, Brian has written Arduino and CircuitPython slash Python code um, all about it. So you can check out the guide to get your sensor up and running. That was new guides. Okay, and we're going to show the aquarium video. It's just oh, cool. two minutes, so I'm going to show that off. Sweet. Make a glowing underwater world with submersible NeoPixel lights. Learn techniques for waterproofing your strand. And program different color modes, triggered by capacitive touch. Full build tutorial at learn.adafruit.com. And now, enjoy this moment of tranquility. Some main New York City factory footage.
and it would not be Main York City factory footage without the Disney building across the street being built. So it looks like that crane is drinking water. <laughs> it's like yum, <laughs> yum, yum, and then like what puking it. I think ground. maybe it's feeding a baby crane. Yeah. On the other side, I don't know. And uh, also outside our window, pretty much on on street level here. This is uh, Freedom Tower. It was lit up a bunch of colors. That's nice. Not too far from Made Fruit. Then we usually have a sunrise or a sunset because it gets dark about like two o'clock now. All right, next up. <laughs> Some three D printing from Noam Pedro this week because it is a post holiday week. We have a speed up next week. You can expect all the shows and more to return, including projects. Here is speed up. Digikey and Ada represent. This week, the NPI is from Nordic. That's right. We That's we hang out with them back when we could hang out with people. They used to visit Ada for it all the time. Yes, I don't have a Nordic yeah. shirt, but I do have a particle shirt, and they they were a big uh, Nordic customer too. So I thought it's yeah. the same kind of blue. Um, so Nordic actually sent us one of their new power profiler kit twos. Um, we got it like a couple days ago, and uh, we thought this would make an excellent NPI because I'm personally excited. I love when tools that companies design for like their own use get released as products because. Yeah. They have designed something that's they know. We do that too. They know what yeah. they need. They're like, this is useful for us. That's useful. Probably gonna be useful for you. It's gonna be useful for you, and they did it at an excellent price. So okay. usually, um, a good power monitor can cost like five hundred dollars or up, and and they're worth it. They're good, but for a lot of people, they don't need the five hundred dollar plus power monitor. They really just need something basic that can like differentiate um, current levels. It doesn't need like all the fancy software knobs and and high power and like 12 volt, 16 volts. They just need something that's like around three volt output, uh, around an amp maximum, and um, the software that lets you plot the data to know whether your hardware is in low power or not. Because when you're dealing with wireless chipsets like Nordic makes, right, Bluetooth and uh, cellular, and soon Wi-Fi, they just announced they're gonna be doing Wi-Fi as well. Um, you know, you connect and then you disconnect and you go to low power and you go out in low power and you, you can't use a multimeter. A multimeter won't, won't give you the precision, won't give you the accuracy, won't give you that dynamic range you need to see really what's going on. Also, you need to integrate over your current usage to know how long the battery's going to last. Um, there, there can be some pretty intense math 
uh, to really model how long your battery will run. And if you have something that runs on a coin cell for like a year, you don't want to wait a year to find out like whether it ran. You'd rather do the mathematical calculations and then give yourself some buffer and extrapolate how long the battery will last. Um, that's way smarter than waiting a year. Trust me, I know we're like testing low power and I'm actually like looking at the fridge, uh, the bag tag once a day to see if it ran. It's like, I'll know in a month if the battery ran out, but it would be cool if I didn't have to. Um, so the new Power Profiler Kit 2 uh, is out, and this is a standalone power profiler. So you don't, it's, the previous one was like built into a dev kit, um, which makes sense because you have dev kits, you want to make sure that the, you know, the power of it um, is as low as, as it can be. But for a lot of people, they have a standalone design, now there's a standalone power profiler, and it's like, really beautifully designed and it's straight to the point, right? All it does is plugs it over USB. It has um, a power switch. It has like a power input output you can see on the PCB, the documentation. It has some GPIO and it I think is even driven by an NRF52840, although I noticed that the antenna was not populated. Although I don't know, you know, you could always go in and reprogram it if you want. And it has um, all the analog section you need. Um, here's just it from the top. Um, so uh, you can see the antenna sector to the right. There's no, it's not Bluetooth actually. It's, it does it over USB data. It shows up as a serial port. Um, and then you use their software to connect to it. Uh, and you can see on the left, there's a little documentation of the power. You can either have it source the power. It's like a, like a power supply and it can supply 0.8 to five volts um, up to an amp. Or you can use it as like a pass-through ammeter where you know you cut a trace, say, in your design, and then you are um, measuring the current going through a point of your circuit. Um, that way, you're not like you know you can use an existing battery, or, you know, or your existing power supply if you want to uh, have more accurate modeling. Um, so this is you know they have one demo showing. Here's how you do it in ammeter mode. This is the, the pass-through mode. So you connect the PPK to, to your computer, you run the app on the computer, and then it monitors the current on your separate dev board. Um, and this is the pass-through mode, but there's also, again, the sourcing mode, which is what I'll use. I'll, I'll show that on the overhead in a little bit. Um, so to install it, you have to download NRF Connect. It's free. I, I, I'm logged into the Nordic website, but you probably should log in. And then inside NRF Connect, you install the Power Profiler app. It's all beautiful and has a lot of blue. Hope you like the color blue. Uh, when it comes up, um, you have a little, uh, you know, log area on the bottom right. Mid top right is the uh, graph. Um, and then there's some uh, numbers in the middle that kind of tell you, like, the, the current. Um, if you can make this a little bigger. Mm -hmm. So you want to see it? Yeah, because I can read it. Okay, so you can have the average current, the max current. Um, the time, and what I really like is the microcoulomb charge. So again, you can use that because it's not that you need the milliamps or the microamps at a certain point in time. You want the total amount of charge coming out of your battery so then you can calculate how long your design will last. Um, again, not easy to do when your uh, graph is a complex shape. Um, select it, it shows up as a COM port. And then, um, you know, this is me. I hooked it up to a MagTag and I had it source 3.7 volts. Um, to my device and you can see it, you know, turning on and it, there's like a spike of current um, and then you can see it kind of boots up, it connects to Wi-Fi, it gets some data, it does some things and then eventually um, it shuts down at the bottom. So what's nice about this is the very wide dynamic range. It goes from um, like one microamp to about an amp, which is excellent because like that's kind of the range of most wireless devices. Again, you need five amp, 10 amp range, 
this isn't the device for you. Get something else. But between about one microamp and one amp is plenty for like 99% of projects. You can also export the data um, to a massive CSV if you would like. Uh, so you can do like further analysis if you want to import it into your MATLAB or um, R or some other analysis software. So you can do um, more data plotting. And then, you know, I put the mag tag into deep sleep mode um, and, you know, checked it out. And yeah, this is, gives you, it's about 250 microamps. So this matches with my um, more expensive power meter. That's what it said. So it's, it's accurate, um, which is good to see. I mean, I'm sure they did a, a good job with this software. One thing to watch out for, because this confused me when I first used it, is notice that the, the bottom of the Y graph is not zero, it's 230 microamps. So it like zooms in. So I was like, oh my God, the power supply is so noisy. It's like, no, it's actually not very noisy. That's only like 20 microamps um, of like scatter, you know, like just variation. But that's because it's zero is, you know, it's like it's showing you the, the differential in the current. It doesn't show you the absolute value, which is which is fine. Just be aware that when you look at the graph, um, that, so you don't get confused. Cause I was like, why is this so noisy? It's not. Um, so this is the Power Profiler kit. Uh, it's got this really cool, um, like, edge lit cutout, which is kind of like a nifty design feature. Um, you've got uh, two USB ports. One is power only, and this is if you ha want to have, like, a separate, like, you know, two amp power supply or one amp power supply that's separate than the thing that's supplying USB data power. That's because a lot of times... Um, you know, you can get off, you know, like the power wall adapters will give you like five volts um, or 5.5 volts, 5.25, whereas your computer might be dipping. It might be 4.7 or it might be noisy. You just want to like get the power from a separate uh, supply. Uh, there's an on off. I love the silk screen as documentation. And then, um, you know, what I did is I just uh, took these two pins, which are the ground and power output. And then I just, um, I literally just like plugged in a JST cable, like so, and then um, plugged a feather into it. And that's how I did my um, power measurements. So I just like, you know, once, um, and then I unplugged USB so that the USB wasn't, so it's only powered through the JST, just mimics a battery. And then you can, of course, do your low power measurements. And what's really nice is it's under like 90 bucks. Um, it's a really good deal. Again, usually these kinds of tools are hundreds and hundreds of dollars and it's always been really tough for me to to people like how do I know how much power my project is using it and I'd say honestly for the budget you have connect a battery and just see how long it lasts and then just divide the number of hours from the battery and that gives you the approximate power usage because it's just too difficult for wireless projects like if you look um, back at the the graph you know, it's too, you can't measure that with a multimeter. It's like too spiky and confusing. Um, but with this tool, you can now do it. So that's why I recommend this. If you don't have a power meter, um, they're really handy. It, you know, it's, it's a different tool than a multimeter and oscilloscope. So I do recommend getting one. Um, you, will, you will find it very handy, believe me. Um, I use these all the time, especially in ammeter mode. That's really nice. Um, like, for example, we have Raspberry Pi projects. I want to see how much current is being used with like the hat on top of it, I can now use this yeah. as a nice, precise way of measuring the current. All right, we're gonna show you where to get it on DigiKey and we have a two minute video. So you can get on DigiKey, of course, cause this is an MPI. Yes. These are where you get new products, DigiKey. Yes. And it is part number 1490NRFPPK2ND or the short URL is digikey.com forward slash short, CV99QH.
Yes, perfect for any low power monitoring. This is this is going to be excellent. Bluetooth, Wi-Fi, LoRa, cellular. This is the tool yeah. to use. And here is a quick video of Nordic talking about it. Already have the Power Profiler app installed. You can install it from the App section. When installed, click Open. From here, we'll be able to control and read data from the PPK2, but before we can measure anything, we need to connect the PPK2 to our device under test, or DUT. The PPK2 supports current measurements from 200 nanoamp to 1 ampere, with dynamic range switching over the whole range to give you the best resolution possible. This enables support for our short-range NRF52 and NRF53 series, as well as our cellular IoT NRF91 series. For this example, I have chosen an NRF9160DK as the DUT, running our default asset tracker firmware. The PPK2 can act as the power supply or as an ampere meter. Here I want to use the PPK2 as an ampere meter, letting the DK be powered from its USB. I have connected the PPK2 ground to a ground point of the NRF9160DK, the V-in of the PPK2 to the bottom pin of the NRF current measurement header, and the top pin to the V-out of the PPK2. With these connections, we see that the current flow will go from the USB through the PPK2's measurement circuit and back out to the NRF9160 SIP. Refer to your kit's user guide if you want more details on how to connect your development kit. Now we'll connect the PPK2's. And that is this week's on MPI. Hi. All right, um, I think it's time. That's right. All right, you ready? It's time for the new, 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 um, they're no longer selling it without headers attached. We still have some of the ones that do have no headers attached in the shop, but we will no longer have those after those sell through. So this is the new version. So it's kind of an update. All right. And then next up, the uh, revision to the micro bit is in our store. That's right. We sold through most of them, but we still have some, I think. We have some of the Go Packs, which have yeah. the USB cable, battery, and battery pack, which I recommend anyways. So we talked about this already. I'll go through it again. The Microbit V2 is an update to the original Microbit, which has been out for like five years or so, so like four or five years. The new Microbit V2 has a much better, bigger processor. It's an NRF52 NRF series. Um, so uh, a really lovely upgrade to the NRF51 series. It's much faster. It has more memory. It has more capabilities. And that means it can run MicroPython a lot better, which is what a lot of people were using it for. And if you used 
MicroPython on the MicroBit V1, you know that you kind of ran out of memory pretty fast. It wasn't really, it was very minimal. Now you have a ton of memory. So this is an excellent, excellent board for running MicroPython on, but you can still run all the same make code that you've done before. And I think even Arduino will run on this as well. Um, they've also upgraded the little notches at the bottom so your alligator clips don't slip. And on the back, it's got um, even more stuff. It still has a magnetometer and compass, so it can do like orientation stuff. Um, the button is now also an on-off button as well as reset. Uh, the programming method is the same. It fits in all the same cases, um, but it also adds a speaker. This is like one of our favorite little buzzers. It has a speaker on the back and a microphone, so it can do audio projects like making beeps and playing sound effects, as well as listening. So it can do um, like voice recognition type projects as well. And um, on the front, there is um, a little that the microbit logo on the front, the little gold one, is a capacitive touch. Um, sensor as well now and it didn't used to be that said it's completely backwards compatible with all of your accessories and all the code if you have make code um just select microbit v2 and when you download it it'll automatically work on either one so that's kind of sweet um we have it in the individual and also the go pack the individuals yeah we sold out they're a little less expensive the go packs are recommended though because they come with batteries they come with a battery pack and usb and if you're a school and you're or in a, a club or a workshop. You get a bunch. You get a bunch. You can get 10 packs. So you get 10 micro bits, 10 batteries, 10 USB cables, 10 like, you know, uh, battery holders, uh, 10 of everything, basically 10 of the go packs. And it's a little cheaper. Um, so you get those all in once. It's a more eco-friendly way to pick up a whole bunch of them. All right. Next up. Okay, next up uh, from Raspberry Pi Foundation, we've got this cute fan. Um, so this fan... I'm a fan. It um, comes as a three-part kit. You get a little plastic piece, you get a fan piece, and you get a heat sink. Watch out. The heat sink, I was fooled at first. It comes in a little piece of paper. I didn't see it. The fan comes with three pins. You plug those three pins into your Raspberry Pi 4. It's designed for the Raspberry Pi 4, and it fits into um, the original, uh, the official Raspberry Pi case. You put the, you see the heat sink goes on the chip. The fan goes in the case. It closes up. Obviously, you can't fit a bonnet on top, but that's okay if it's just you know being a Raspberry Pi on its own. And um, that way, it can stay cooler. This is great if you're doing you know, machine learning or, or a game emulation or other high computation tasks. It's not required for the Raspberry Pi 4. The Raspberry Pi 4 works just fine without a fan. But for people who want to overclock it or want, they, you know, they're playing a lot of YouTube videos or doing a lot of like, high computational activities and they're noticing that the raspberry pi is slows down because the power you know they get a little lightning bolt in the corner um this fan or sorry not the lightning bolt the little temperature thingy in the corner telling you that it's starting to overheat it's okay it'll slow down but if you don't want it to slow down this fan will help out so if you have the official raspberry pi case plug this in you're good to go okay and uh i have a a short video from oh, the cool. Raspberry Pi folks that, that they explain it even better.
Okay, next up, we got it coming soon. It's coming soon, but it's very exciting. Um, we'll have this in the next few days. We just have to finish testing them all. Uh, this is the Feather M4 can. Um, so what is this? You love the Feather M4. It is your favorite microcontroller board. Mine too. Samd51. How can you not love the Cortex M4? Running at 120 megahertz. All these cool peripherals, DACs, ADCs, um, SPI, I2C, tons of PWMs. Um, all the good stuff you need to run CircuitPython or Arduino uh, super fast. Love this chip. But could we make it better? Yes. Um, the Sam E51 is a variant of the Sam D51. And the E stands for CAN. Actually, it doesn't. E stands for Ethernet. But it also has CAN support. So um, it has a built-in hardware CAN peripheral, which means that all you need to do is add a CAN transceiver, which kind of handles like the voltage stuff on the end. Um, and now you can connect it to CAN bus. And it's like a pretty good price. This thing's going to be like 25 bucks. And um, it works wonderfully with CAN on either Arduino or CircuitPython. We have code for both. We also gave it a bit of a scrubbing. We improved the power supply a little bit. We made the LEDs uh, use less power. Uh, we improved like the NeoPixels so it doesn't, uh, it's not on by default. You can turn it off for lower power usage. It's got USB-C instead of micro-B. So it's kind of like a little bit spruced up. Um, it still has, the, the, what's nice about the SAM E51 is that it's like basically pin compatible, right? The only difference is that there's these two pins that can do CAN, and those pins weren't routed on the original Feather because I kind of knew eventually I would make this board. So, you know, if you have any existing projects that use the Feather M4, it's basically like a drop-in replacement because pin A4 is the same pin A4 and like the I2C is on the same exact pins. The only difference is now we have these extra CAN bus pins connected to the CAN bus transceiver. Um, there's an uh, onboard 120 ohm terminator. You can disable it by cutting a trace if you like, but by default it's on. We also include um, a little 5 volt uh, switch cap converter to give you a 5 volt into the transceiver. Um, it's not required by some CAN buses, but we wanted to make it compatible with you know uh, as many specifications as possible. So you get a full 5 volt differential signal, uh, even if you're running on a 3 volt battery. Um, so this is, uh, you know, a, a nice upgrade. I like how compact it is. You just get your Feather M4 and on the end, CAN bus, and then we'll have uh, Arduino and CircuitPython code examples released so you can integrate it, read data from your car or whatever, or connect to an existing CAN bus. Um, a lot of people really like CAN, so I'm, I'm, I'm glad that we could make them happy. Uh, so coming soon, sign up, and we'll get these in the shop in the next week or so. Uh, but a lovely upgrade to the Feather M4 uh, family for those who want to do automotive or robotics projects. All right, and start the show tonight besides our customers, our community, our team, and you, Lady Ada, is this? It's the TMP117, a precision temperature sensor. Uh, you know, we've actually had some people say, well, I want a very high precision, high accuracy temperature sensor that works at a very wide range. This works from like negative 55 to 150 degrees. You can get the 0.1 degree C uh, typical accuracy between 0 and 85 C. Once you get to like negative 55 or 150, it goes down to like, and still shockingly good 0.3 or so, or 0.4% um, degrees centigrade. Um, but a lovely little sensor. Uh, we even have a little cutout, so it has a very fast uh, reactivity. Um, it's I2C, it has interrupts, it has thresholds, it has like a built-in EEPROM, it has, um, like it has the ability to do like NIST uh, 
traceability because you can like track it by its unique identifier. Um, it's just a great like if you want like the really like the best temperature sensor, um, this is it. So this is an earlier prototype I had that's purple. That's from Oshpark. Uh, so that's why it's purple and the one in the store is black. But it's the same sensor. And the little cutout that's in the center um, means that it doesn't, the, it, you don't have the um, thermal resistance of the board affecting it. So it, <coughs> it's very fast to react. So you can see um, it's quite sensitive. I think it's a 16-bit sensor. So you get like 0 0.0087 degrees C uh, per bit. And I put my finger on it. And you see it heats up pretty quickly. Um, it's not going to get to, a for, of course, a uh, full 100 degrees um, Fahrenheit because my skin isn't as hot because it's a little cool in here. But um, it does heat up, and then when I let go, uh, the temperature starts falling pretty quickly as well. So a very fast sensor. It goes over I squared C. You can put up to four of them on one I squared C bus by changing the addressing. It's a little expensive um, compared to low-cost temperature sensors like the PCT2075, but you're not going to get anything with better precision or accuracy. Like, this is it. I couldn't find anything that's better with I2C than this sensor. This is, this is the cream of the crop, as they say. So um, for those who, who need it, you want it, this is the best temperature sensor you can get. And it's STEMIQT, so you just plug it. Like, I've got it plugged into my uh, OLED feather here. It's plug-and-play, really easy to use. And we have, as you might expect, both Arduino and Python and CircuitPython code. So you can use it with your Uno or your Raspberry Pi or your Feather and 4 can whatever you like. That's what we do. That's what we do. That's new products this week. Yes. New, 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 new. All right. So uh, while we're showing some top secret videos, get your head on over to Discord. Get your questions. slash Discord. Join all about 26,000 of us. Uh, let's do some top secret, Lady mm. Ada. From the vault. Out of the vault. All right, so top secret. I'm just gonna. We got a um, long weekend. So. Yeah, I'm just gonna go through these uh, pretty fast. Uh, the video speaks for themselves. First okay. one is the UV stemma, and then we're gonna uh, show a couple other things, including an upcoming cobbler accessory for the Pi 400. Then some so samples. Sensor in there. Yeah, then some samples of some. Uh, LED stuff, and then we'll do coral, and then we'll end with this uh, coral thing uh, for you, this USB like dongle thing. So yeah. Here we go. All right, Lady Ada, what is this? This is a sensor that I've been meaning to do for a bit. It's the LTR390 UV sensor. An I squared C UV sensor is highly desirable, but they keep getting discontinued. This is the only one I've been able to find. And I got some samples, so I put together a STEMI QT board uh, hooked up to my Metro Mini. And we've got this cool, like, UV, um, like, safety, like, uh, what's it called? Sanitizer. Sanitizer, thank you. I can do electronics, I can't do words. And then I'm going to put this under here. So there you go, that's now sensing. And then on my computer, you can see the data is really high because it's sensing UV data. The sensor can also do... Um, uh, ambient light, but what I really like is this ability to, to make box. it easy. Go, go down to zero, put it back in the box, goes back up to a thousand. Alright, UV sensing. Alright, Lady Ada, what is this? Hey, it's a STEMA Sunday. I'm putting together an HTU31D STEMA QT breakout. I just got these from DigiKey, some samples. And um, it's kind of a standard package, so I actually got to solder this onto an existing STEMA QT design. Um, and just like just to get it up and running, it does have a couple extra different pins. 
that like a reset pin that isn't used here. Um, so I'm going to have to redesign this breakout a little bit, but just to get it up and running and have an Arduino library, which is what I did. So this is the um, TEHTU21D. So like an upgrade of the very popular HTU21D. And um, you see here, you can pick them up. They're about two bucks a piece from DigiKey. And if you'd like to check out our library, it's on GitHub under Adafruit HGU31D. It's a nice little humidity temperature sensor over I2C. The Cobbler 400 plays animated GIFs with the Raspberry Pi 400. Yeah, I'm just testing out my little hat extender. This is the Cobbler 400, which lets you plug in any of our hats very easily into the Pi 400. I just tested out the um, bonnet version of this. It's, it's kind of cute. It's a little slim extendo thingy. Um, and that worked, and so now I was like, well, let's try a high-speed uh, GIF playback. You know, like this is a lot of data moving really quickly, so it's a good test to make sure that power and signals are all coming through. And then um, you sent me some fun GIFs. So this is Blinka. These are from the, the Pi Portal animated GIF player. And then, um, you know, cat GIFs. Classic. People love cat GIFs. He's a pretty cat. He's a pretty cat. Good cat. Thank you, Data. Okay, Lady Ada, what is this? Hey, I'm working on our first accessory for the Raspberry Pi 400. This is called the Cobbler 400, and it's a little thing that lets you use all of our bonnets, or if you uh, want, we also have a hat version, and this is a, a hat, for example, we're gonna test out. And it plugs into the back of the Raspberry Pi 400, and then just kind of like, eh, brings it all up, so you can plug in like your favorite bonnets, and they just work. So this is actually a CircuitPython demo, showing like your IP address, which is really handy, honestly, because I like to use this stuff headless. And then here's how it plugs in. And since, you know, a lot of the PCB fabs are closed this week, I just had this milled on our other mill. Um, but so far it's working really great. I'm gonna try um, the hat next and maybe play some animated GIFs. And then, my design. All right, come soon. Lots of lines. All right, Lady what is this? Hey, I'm trying out some samples. It's a sample Saturday. These are chip on board LED strips. So they're 12 volt LED strips with 320 LEDs per meter. You can see they're, they're all bonded onto this flexible strip. So they kind of look like a single pure um, LED strip. And uh, we put white LED versions of this with 480, or I think, LEDs per meter. This is 320. But it comes in like green, and it comes in like red, and I got pink and blue and yellow. So I'm going to ask if they have the higher density version, because I do like the higher density, because the LEDs are less visible. But from like a couple feet away, it looks pretty good. All right, Lady Data, what is this? Hey, I got some of these cool Coral TPU chips. This mm -hmm. is like a machine learning accelerator in a little like package. So I made a breakout and I thought I would use my hot air gun to maybe make a couple samples here. The first thing I gotta do is stencil paste onto the boards of a board underneath here. And it's lined up perfectly. And then you have to use your IEEE card as a requirement to spread the paste on. Let's see how it came out. Nice, not too bad. So I might do like two or three of these and then hot air them and then I'm going to just try plugging them into my computer and they should show up as a USB device. And all of that leads to this. Yeah. Well, I'm still playing around with this this chip. It's kind of interesting. It's like a 
Coral Edge TPU, but it's on this like little module. And even though the module has like a bazillion pins on it, like only about like 10 or so are used. And it basically just shows up as a, a USB device. And then, you know, for something like a Raspberry Pi, it can speed up um, the computation of machine learning stuff. Um, I think especially like a Raspberry Pi Zero, this could be really great because, uh, or the Pi 4, because both are, um, you know, you can connect hardware and displays and cameras, but it doesn't have an AI core processor. So this would be like a USB connected core processor. And I like the idea of having it on a USB stick that you just like plug into your Pi 400 or your Pi Zero. And like now it's, you know, it can do machine learning as fast as, you know, an optimized NVIDIA device. So we'll see. I'm going to send out these prototypes. And the power supply is kind of the, the tricky part here. The chip itself is, is very simple. It's like, again, only like 10 pins are connected. But the power supply can draw three amps. Um, that's a lot for, for a little thing that connects to USB. So hopefully the power supply can be nice and stable. We'll do some measurements. That's off secret. Okay, getting back in the vault. All right, I have some uh, questions lined up. So okay, we'll great. go to those right away. We'll Let's the do ones those questions. Discord. Okay, you ready? Yeah. Would the ESP32 S2 be able to stream music from something like Spotify? I guess you'd need an MP3 decoder or something in between. And yeah, then, there's there's MP3 decoders for the ESP32. The issue is that you need to connect an I2S audio output. So we do have a CircuitPython I2S pull request that's waiting for people to review it. If you have an ESP32 S2, um, you know, a Feather or a Kaluga or whatever, and you want to try out I2S, um, please check out the pull request, because if so, we could get MP3 decoding working on it. Okay. Uh, how can a camera be used with the ESP32 S2 to be used with a live stream would be... Love to do a video doorbell project with CircuitPython. I don't know that it has a camera interface, but you know, Arduino would probably be where you'd want to go, or IDF um, for like a video doorbell project. They probably have one off the shelf that like a project you could use. Maybe even Raspberry Pi. Or something a Raspberry like Pi would actually just do the job a lot easier. It's a lot of computation to like get video and transmit over Wi-Fi. Wow. Okay. Uh, what soldering iron station would you recommend for someone looking for an upgrade from the very basics? Um, I really like the, the, the Hacko 88s, you know, those are pretty good for intermediate, you know, there's like the low cost $20, $30 ones, and then the Hackos are like $110, $120. Um, and then after that, you know, I, I use a Metcal, um, but those are 500 bucks, and like the tips are $50 a piece. Those are amazing, but they're not really hobbyist. Follow up uh, for audio, what about an MP4 in, uh, decoder? Um, MP4 is an audio, it's video, right? So that's a totally different thing there, just because it has one number more it's actually it's totally different um i don't know if there's mp4 decoders for the sp32 um i would i would just google see if there's somebody who's done already for the uh breakouts like the coral thing that you were showing do you uh hot air from the top bottom both from you? the top yeah. yeah just you just have to be slow and careful and, and okay. get it done i saw it a uh thanks for reposting your question um love your work you chanye um, re regards to the sharp memory LCD, how can you upload animations basic games on it? Is there any emulation best practices for visuals? Um, you know, you can use the Adafruit GFX library or in uh, CircuitPython. There's, uh, we have a couple of examples of doing um, sprite-based animation. So you would use that to, to do little games. Um, you know, if there's any game system that uses Adafruit GFX, you're, you know, they, that would be great. You know, there's a lot of structure that, that's required. But it's just monochrome. I think like big blocky stuff looks best. And dithering, I don't think is is it's so great on it. But I, I could be wrong. Okay. I've been dithering on it. Next up, is there a human thermometer module for Arduino? Um, this TMP one one seven will do a great job at measuring 
human temperature, like skin temperature. I mean, it's it's very, it's very precise and accurate and very responsive. So this is this is a really good option. You you do want to have like 0.1 degrees centigrade um, accuracy yeah, for human still, skin. Yeah, we use these for our uh, you know. They're approximate. Yeah, 97.8. We still so. do we still do fever scanning every day. I know people are probably tired of it, but we it's one of the many tools we have. We keep doing it. Um, speaking of human temperatures, okay. Uh, let's see. Uh, okay, when will the MagTech be back in stock? I can answer that one. Hopefully, really soon. So here's what we do. We couldn't get some parts, but we're getting the parts. Yeah, and when we put them in, we put as many as we can in. We notify everybody. So make sure you sign up. Because you'll get notified as soon as we put them in stock. Yeah. Believe me, we have the, the, anyone who does electronics right now, ask them, hey, are things like getting through customs and shipping? Things are a little weird right now. Like, like normal? And they'll say, absolutely not. Things are just being held up for weeks. And like we can get parts. We can't get them into the country or like even across the country. Everything is just... The information is not forthcoming. It's it's difficult, but yeah. um, we are getting more parts in, and so we'll be able to do a build very soon. We've been waiting. Okay, do you have any recommendations for courses on RF antenna design? I'm making an IoT RFID plus microcontroller board for my shop, and the RFID antenna seems to be straightforward, but the Wi-Fi antenna and Bluetooth seems more challenging. Check the app notes of the chip you're using. Um, the chip you're using that you're connecting to Wi-Fi or Bluetooth, they have field application engineers. Their job is to review your antenna design. So look at their app notes, and when you have a design, contact the company and say, I have a design that I'm about to manufacture. I want an FAE to look at it, and they'll say, we're happy to. Um, this is how I got Nordic to review my Bluetooth antenna design, and it was great. They gave me some good suggestions, stuff that was not super clear in the app note or data sheet. They made it really clear, um, and I fixed it up until they said, yeah, this is about as good as you're going to get it. Um, and then we fabricated it, and we got, like, 50-foot range. Yeah. I can answer the next one. Release date for ESP32 S2 Feather. Um, just keep an eye on our Not Out Yet um, and our blog and in our, any of our videos. Uh, we don't put a release date because that's just going to end with someone. Yeah, you're just going to be sad. Because, well, again, I can't get stuff. If it, <laughs> if it comes out too early, people will say that, oh, I wasn't expecting it. If it comes out too late, people are like, where is it yet? Um, but we also have uh, ESP32 S2 in our store. We have the... Um, one from uh, our tour, right? The un no, Untitled Maker. Untitled Maker, sorry. We have the Feather S2 in the shop. You can pick yeah. one up right now. Support a maker. Yeah. Check out our uh, shop right now. We have one. Um, and then we're going to have one later, too. Yeah. We'll just, like, help them out. I don't, yeah. I don't put dates. I just say yeah, soon. Yeah, we learned so. that one. Yeah. Okay. Don't ever, don't um, ever, that's my other big tip. Never put a date on something. All right. Uh, that is the questions for this week. Okay. Those the questions. Awesome. All right, Lady Ada, that's okay. our show for the week. Um, Thank I you, everybody. I want to say special thanks to Takara, who's running stuff behind the scenes here. Thank you, Takara. Uh, special thanks to our community, all of our customers, our team, and keeping things going. Um, I do want to, uh, d you know, use our little bit of a platform. We have, like, a few hundred people, maybe a few thousand people see this in the long term. Yeah. Tens of thousands. Today is December 2nd. Today is the highest death day in the United States for COVID. The last previous day was April 15th, and I'll remember April 15th for a few reasons. In New York, we were in this free fall of just like, oh no, ambulances, death, it's rising, we're all going to die. And then we got served paperwork from a patent troll who was going to shake us down for $2 million, and it was tax day. It was a pretty shitty day. <laughs> it was really so, bad. <laughs> so, you know, you know, and you get through it, you know, it's fine, uh, the... The hardiest steel is forged in the hottest fires. Whatever. 
Um, so I know what this feeling is because we live through it in New York. So I also know shaming doesn't work. Like, please wear a mask, you know, pointing out to people, hey, you're being dumb, don't do that. None of that works. Um, but I think people who watch the show are smart, and sometimes they're relied on, and they're not the government officials, and they're not the people that are telling you what to do. They're just friends and family and other things. And they're like, well, you're smart. What should I do? So if you can, maybe tell people if they travel, go get tested. Maybe just, you know, chill for a day or so, get tested. Um, if they're willing to listen to about uh, about mass and stuff like mm. that, um, please convince them. Um, I don't know what to tell you to make. It's cold out anyways. Where, to where make, do you want to go? I don't know what to tell people to make people care about each other. Um, I've been thinking about this for a long time. I know what we do with our team. We give them all the information, and then they make smart decisions on th- themselves. Um, but today is uh, not a good day in the United States. Uh, if you would have told me in April that we would be here, I would be like, wait, what happened? Yeah. Like, what, what do you mean? Did we just ignore everything? Did we do everything? There's also, like, a good chance that this is just something that, like, we're just going to have to grind through. Like, we're just not good at this. And, like... Yeah, humans, we're... We're, we're, we're not good at it. We're not robots. So, for sure. So, you know, just please help your fellow person, especially if you're... If you're watching this show, you're probably the person in, in the family or friend circle that's like, hey, you know... I'm going to buy this, like, phone. Which phone should I get? Or, like, you know, when, when they... Or, like, hey, I'm thinking about doing this. What should I get? You're probably that person that someone relies on. And if not for yourself, just think about someone that you can help just do the right thing. So, anyways. All right, that's where we're at. That's the state of the world. Yeah, so that's it. And, you know, we look back at... I measure time and asking engineers. And I'm hoping next April, I'm not talking about this at all. Um, but please... Uh, be thoughtful and if you can help someone right now it's a good time because we have something that's going to change for the good there's vaccines there's all sorts of stuff that's coming out it's a fact it's not just like one or the there there's going to be deployed soon so please uh just hang in there i want to see all of you the next maker fair and stuff like that yeah so we'll see you all soon next week all right thanks everybody and with that is our show and here is your member zener Not everybody.